Okie dokie, folks, and welcome back to Monday Night Shaw right here on Love Wrestling. Big thanks to uh, RK Athletics for sponsoring the show. On today's episode, I have Ramon Carlton from 365 Pro Wrestling out in uh, Vancouver Island. Uh, Victoria is where we met. Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to bring him on the show here. He does the ring announcing, uh, commentary, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, that's it, kind of things that uh, I've I've actually been a little bit involved in as well. So uh, I, I don't know if he's done any actual in ring wrestling, but we'll uh, we'll get to that on the show today. So uh, Ramon, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing there? Ah, uh, you know, I mean, life keeps throwing me punches, but I I, I they, I'm not staying down yet. I think that's the uh, the story that goes around everywhere for everybody. Yes, yes, uh, things are challenging at times. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's just get right into it. Uh, we met out at uh, Three Six Five Wrestling, where uh, you're, of course, a, a mainstay guy, and I, I was uh, coming in to to work a show. And uh, I was really, really, actually, very impressed with your your ring announcing ability because, like. Oh, there's a lot of uh, like I'm on a lot of different shows around uh, Canada and stuff, right? And uh, yeah. sometimes the ring announcing is is clearly not a priority uh, for for some of the promoters and stuff. And like you you get like a lot of times they'll they'll if they can't use somebody who's like an actual professional like ring announcer and 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 does it regularly, they'll use like maybe a radio personality and stuff. And already we're getting into like they just like radio personalities are not ring announcers. You know, they're very good at doing like radio stuff, but like when ring announcing is, it's just a different animal. And uh, so like, and then you get, you get the straight up, like, uh, the homeboy had nobody and he just called a friend of his to come and do it. And like that person's, you know, clueless. And then, uh, you know, but sometimes that's how you start out. That's how I started out, you know, um, so, uh, how did you start out? Um, uh, pretty much that way. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, ring announcing, um, for me wasn't, uh, w what I, uh, was primary doing. Um, I'm actually, I guess you said, uh, the commentating for 365 combat, um, been doing that for oh, about a year and a half now. And, uh, during the pandemic, um, unfortunately our regular ring announcer wasn't available, um, and then uh, needed to take some time off. And so I was literally just walking through the building and whoop, here's a microphone in my hand. You're re-announcing tonight. Here's the list. You, you'll be fine. Like, sure, whatever. Um, so that's how I literally became uh, the ring announcer. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Solid. So so you were there to do like commentary and I know you were involved in like video production yeah. and whatnot as well. Uh, yeah, so I is that how you got involved? Yeah, um, originally I got involved with uh, 365 uh, Pro Wrestling through um, uh, video production. Um, we uh, It's an interesting story. Like the pandemic, I'm not sure which, which time it was opening up. All I know, it was Canada Day weekend, and um, we were absolutely bored. This was, what, two years ago now, and I'd be three this summer, I guess, but whatever it doesn't matter um and uh my wife uh nicole who's also a wrestler at becky beach now um was like we got to go do something i'm like yes 100 i don't care what it is the island's the island let's just go anywhere on the island we'll go and so she goes well there's wrestling up in campbell river and i'm already sitting in the car going well let's go um uh, and so on a random wrestling trip uh last minute we go up to campbell river from victoria we stop along the way for this most amazing taco i finally found the place last weekend going up to campbell river um and uh yeah we get up there and it was great there was us maybe another half dozen fans like this was the first show after everything started opening up i don't even think people thought you could go it doesn't matter um so yeah, we get there and I'm, I'm just like uber excited about it. So I started talking with uh, the wrestlers that I had known before. And I was the uber fan going like, thank you for putting on the show. Um, and then I got up the uh, the courage by poking from uh, my wife. This is well, why I'm just asking Eddie. And I said, well, so I did. I said, hey, Eddie, can I bring a camera next time? And he goes, yeah, sure, why not? And so the next show, which was a few weeks later, uh, brought a camera, uh, set it up, and uh, his camera was on one side, my camera was on the other side. Um, after that, uh, I was able to convince him to give me his footage. Um, so I kind of uh, edited together this um, 
uh, precursor to combat, which was basically a project I was doing for a different show um, at the time, um, but was able to say, hey, this is what I can do. And um, uh, yeah, so uh, episode 58 of combat aired last night, or I guess, you know, what last night for me right now. Um, so yeah, that's how we got involved or how I got involved with uh, 365, just showed up with a camera and went from there. It's it's funny, like I think that that's pretty much like one of the best ins into professional wrestling is literally just messaging the promoter oh, or or going to a show, meeting the promoter, and just offering help. Yeah, like and-, and and don't offer to be like you know the ring announcer or the commentator, and then have him turn you down and get all frazzled about it because he doesn't know you. So like, no, he's not going to give you a big important role like that unless he's super desperate. But uh, like, um, yeah, if you show up and you offer to help set up the ring and you're, you're there and you set up the ring and you set up the chairs that around the ring, maybe you offer to put up some posters, you're going to have interactions with the promoter and like just absolutely on a social level. And then when they need somebody, they'll go, Oh, that guy's been reliable. 100 100 yeah. i mean we have a couple um, of fans that help us out at all of our events uh, they show up they help set up the ring some of them have moved on to holding cameras for us now i mean we couldn't do it without them i mean for me um i didn't because of the distance where we were like we're down in victoria they're up in campbell river at the time uh wasn't able to do a lot of the the setup and the traditional support um but i mean we were fans that had been showing up for years um you know interacting at ringside i had done a little um uh, thing online uh so i had interviewed some of the wrestlers like kind of knew who i was um so i had that little in there when i said hey i want to bring a camera um yeah it wasn't just like a completely random person they had seen me yelling at them and cheering for them for years yeah so i mean because there's definitely a, a difference between like you're in the locker room and you know somebody you know walks in and says hey can i start filming you or whatever to some guy you don't know walks into the locker room with a camera and is just pointing it at people and doing stuff yeah. it's just like wait a second like this is our locker room who, who are you and why are you filming in here like uh, it's it's you know lo- like the locker room can be kind of a sacred like oh, absolutely. area for people so I mean, especially even, bringing in a camera I mean, even now the camera does not go near the locker room sometimes we're right beside the locker room but no no that locker room that's that's yeah that's the sacred ground that's the safe space that's where the wrestlers get to go and get themselves ready and decompress afterwards um, so never a camera backstage off stage but never backstage yeah yeah for sure and like like uh, people are cool. Like if you explain like what you're doing and who okay. you are and why you're there, then that'll not be an issue. But like, I don't know. I, I remember when I first started ring announcing, like uh, I was literally the ring announcer. And the only reason I would go backstage is if I absolutely had to. Cause like, I, you know, one day they were going to do a, a talent meeting and the promoter's wife is like, Hey, why aren't you up there in the, in the talent meeting? And I was like, well, I'm the ring announcer. I, I don't belong in the locker room. And she's like, you're performing on the show. Go up there. Get in the meeting. And I was like, oh, okay. And then from then on, it was like never a big deal. For, like, I felt like, okay, it's the promoter's wife. But once I did go up there, nobody was like angry that I was in there or anything. So, yeah, yeah from then on, I, I just started changing in there but it's it's like one of those things where like even even as somebody who was promoting on the show or not promoting but performing on the show ring announcing for months like i like i go and change in the bathroom you know like (laughs) and i i mean i would go obviously have to go back there occasionally to find somebody and be like hey what's your info for your 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 introduction tonight anyway we're talking a lot about me let's uh let's move this back to you and uh because like i'm surprised now you tell me your ring announcing isn't a regular gig for you what is that it is now. okay it is yeah. now so was that yeah. when when i came out there and wrestled um back in i think that was in november yeah i'd been doing uh, it by that time for ooh, getting close to a year oh okay, year, about, yeah. what, eight uh, months i guess yeah all right because i was gonna say yeah. you were you were really like it you could i would be really surprised if you had told me oh no that was my first time no 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 yeah that was uh well into yeah um yeah no that i can't actually can't exactly remember it was like I said, it was quite a while ago. 
Um, but yeah, no, over that, like the first night I ring announced, I went in as myself, I went in as, as my shoot name and blah, blah, blah. But then it was like, okay, I, if I'm going to do this, I need to, if I, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it right. I want to be, I want it for the show to be, you know, exciting. It's more than just going out there saying, Hey, these are the two people that are coming to the ring. You're for me, it's, it's the hype person. You're going out there, you're explaining to the audience why this is important they may not know the feud they may not know the history this is the opportunity to to get them up to speed and it's the first opportunity that they get to decide whether or not they're going to like a wrestler um 100%. so it's it's good i mean there there's fans there that you know if we have a new wrestler coming in they'll look at at my reaction uh to the wrestler coming in and doesn't mean they agree with it but they know where my character, where my my persona is coming from, so they have a base point of how they want to interact with the uh, with the talent. One hundred percent. I I always like I always say that your ring announcer has has basically two jobs on a show, and that's to convey information and to get people hyped up to have a good time. Absolutely. And, and like you got to do it in tandem with other and then you gotta you gotta do it as simply as possible because like you just explained a whole bunch of stuff like why the wrestlers are feuding and everything you you do you want to get all that over but you want to do it as quickly and without saying as much as you possibly can so like by keeping it as brief and as simple and and whatnot as you possibly can while still getting in the nuance there I mean, the simplest thing I have is the, as I open, I don't like this person. I'm going to run to the other side of the ring. I mean, instantly people know, okay, you know, we know where, where Ramon is standing because he's literally ran to the other side of the ring. I don't need to say anything to say that this person, you know, is the person that you all should be like jeering or perhaps yelling or, or cheering for. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. Like, if the Undertaker comes out, you're not gonna <laughs> bow up to him and be like, "Yeah, now I'm introducing Kane, motherfucker." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it makes sense. Okay, you're you're skeptical of of these guys because they're known for beating up beating up you know helpers around the ring, like referees and I mean, ring announcers. Well, okay, well, you, well, you, you wouldn't want to tangle with those guys. I'll use an example of uh, the moment of truth. We were up in Campbell River for a show. And I mean they this isn't uh, a regular place that we go to all the time we used to go there all the time but you know pandemic blah 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 so we finally got up there so these are fans that really have no idea what the storyline is maybe they've caught our, our show on combat but i mean they're coming in two years to two and a half years cold since they've seen any of these wrestlers they don't have a clue <laughs> by the end of the night the moment that they saw my head go like this they knew a member of the moment of truth was coming out and they were already booing so we were able to set that. It didn't matter who. We could have put anybody in the ring against a member of the Moment of Truth, and they would have got cheered because yeah. they knew that these are the. This is the 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 faction we don't like. This is the faction that's coming in and is causing havoc. Um, and it comes down to the ring announcer being able to set that that mood, and then very quickly getting out of the way and letting the wrestlers take that that spotlight that they are one hundred percent there to take. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when I first started ring announcing, too, I was taking advice from one of the other guys that was ring announcing before me uh, in RCW. And and that guy was also very much a situation where the promoter, like, needed somebody, asked him to help, and then gave him a bunch of shows. But uh, it, it was dicks and butts. He was absolutely awful. He was not. He was not good at ring announcing, or, or very much. He was. He was. He did have a very good uh, headspace for wrestling. He would quit like every show. It was very dramatic. Anyway, uh, I'm not here to bury him, but I'm not gonna feel bad about it either because he was. He was also kind of a dickhead. Uh, but anyway, he gave me a piece of advice, and he was like, "Yeah, you got to make sure you don't outshine the wrestlers." And while he's not very good at ring announcing and stuff, I do think that's good advice. But I also like, I, the first couple of times I did ring announce, I was so trepidatious and worried that I was going to like make the wrestlers look bad by making it so over the top or anything that I was so understated that it hurt it. And I realized like after like one or two shows like that, I was like, oh no, this is, this is not working. So I'm going to just, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to, friggin' go for it, and then if anyone tells me, hey, you know, 
cool it down, then it's probably better to have it told to be cool it down rather than, Hey, can you Absolutely. heat it up? And you know, like well, taking uh, an example that happened to me with, uh, with Gorilla should one half of Villa tribe um, is I'm in the ring and I'm reading and I write down my notes before, you know, before the show, I go talk to every wrestler, say, Hey, what's your weight? What's your height? What's your catchphrase? And blah, blah, blah. And normally my writing is absolutely not readable. At this point in time, it was even way worse than that. So I had no idea what I was supposed to call them. So I called them the last thing that I remember. He turns in the ring, looks at me dead face, and go, That is absolutely wrong. And so I did the only possible logical thing that my character, Ramon Carlton, would do. I went, oh, okay, have a good match. And just walked out of the ring. But it set up the mood because the, the crowd is now booing him. Yeah. The, the, the face is now getting all the love in the world. And all I needed to do was nod my head and walk out of the ring, even though I had completely yeah. messed up. He comes out later in the night with Coco. And this time they're like, so we're going to mess something up again, right? Because that was great. I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, th that does make me happy, but it's also like, I, I'm totally like, I've been there. Because like, sometimes the shows are not as organized as they should be. And I'm not... Carter and Benny, I, subject I, to change. Yeah, Card, I can't... always subject to change. I can't speak to 365 <laughs> Wrestling, but I, I've been on shows, like, in in the ring. And uh, I remember this one show where I was re-announcing, and the first guy came out, and I was like, okay, cool. And then, like, uh, the next guy came out, and I had no idea who he even was. I don't think I had even met this guy. And I look at the ref and I'm like, hey, who is this? And he's like, oh, that's one of the new Storm Kids. And I was like, well, what's his ring name? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, um. so the guy like gets up on the apron and you, and I'm so sort of stalling. And you see me walk over, like if, I, if there was a video, you would see it. I don't know if there's a video or not, but I definitely, I walk over to him while he's on the apron getting into the ring. I'm like, hey man, what's your ring name? And his ring name was, I, I, I honestly don't remember what it legitimately was, but it was something like, it sounded like Ozzy Mendeus or like something really <laughs> complicated like that so i was like what was that and then he said it again and then i was like okay and where how much weigh where are you from <laughs> okay like this all happens as he's getting in the ring and then i took the mic and did it but like i i applaud you because it's never happened to me where i just straight up like i had like i have no idea because i i like a le i legit like I, if i don't know what's up i'll ask the referee or whatever and like uh as the ring announcer uh, at least i don't know how you operate i'll ask you about that at the end of this but uh like i don't get the finishes um i don't ask for them whatever like if there's a finish on a show i announce the finish that i see and if there's a finish that's weird i just go up and i ask the referee like what happened what's your call like you know yeah. so how, uh, how does that work for you like um uh, do you do you, bit, it's do you take the bit. finishes uh, some of the finishes I know, um, some I don't. Um, it depends on really how chaotic the night is and how much I'm, how much free time I have to hang around. Um, in our backstage in 365, the wrestlers are generally always, because I'm also doing the show and I'm also commentating, the more I know, the more I can help, you know, make everything look great on the grander vision. <laughs> Plus... I'm also, I'm not just doing the ring announcing while I'm there. I'm also kind of uh, uh, doing the technical backstage per se. So um, there's a lot of times where we're making sure that the right gimmick is where it needs to be at the right time. If it's the table matches, the right tables are in the right place, the right chairs are in the right things. So um, it's, it's I've, I've taken on the road, I was handed the road, whatever, where a lot of the time I know the, yeah. the gimmicks because I'm there so I can make sure things happen and because I'm known amongst the fans, the fans don't react if I wander by the ring. Yeah. You know, I'm, okay. I'm just there between matches. I'm always there yeah. between matches so I can bring stuff back and forth from the ring. I can, I make sure the right items stay there, you know, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we needed to make sure the belt needed to be at ringside. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. well, I'm the guy that makes sure the belt comes back and forth anyways, you know, with our with our assistants that are there. So it's they let me know 
to help keep everything going. So I'm unique maybe in that way, um, but that's because, you know, we only got so many people and I'm more than one person at the show. Yeah. Some, sometimes we have a guy that does that. And then other times, uh, like I'll just, I'll announce the first match. I'll go sit down and then uh, I'll be waiting for them to start. And the ref will be like, Hey Kyle, you want to grab this guy's ring jacket? Uh, I was like, Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and, and whatnot. But yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it's interesting to me because, like, uh, you said that you also have done commentary. Did you do commentary or ring announcing first? Commentary first. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, was, I was doing was commentary like with a, the other ring announcer, actually, our former ring announcer, um, uh, very well known on the island, um, Thomas Chow. Um, okay. He's, yeah. Uh, he's still associated with our show. He does um, uh, interviews and stuff with the. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, we we love him. He's a great guy. Um, but he needed to take some time off, so I stepped into into that role at that time. Okay, yeah, yeah no, I, I'm I'm familiar with him. I think I've met him once or twice. Yeah, uh, and I've never heard any bad things about him. Uh, so, uh, I, did what kind of like um, skills did you take from commentating into uh, announcing? Okay, so like, one of the other little caveats that everybody should know is that this is not my first forte in camera. I've been doing TV announcing stage stuff all the way back since I was, you know, a teenager. Um, so I brought a lot of that with me. And one of the things that I came to when I stepped in as a ring announcer, the, the second night, the first night, I was scared shitless. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, blah, 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 blah. Um, the second night, okay, we're gonna make this. We're gonna make this more fun, and that's the first thing he said. Is I'm going out there. I'm going to be having fun. If I'm not having fun, then what's the point? Um, it, you know, none of us are doing this for any major bank. We're doing this because we love it, and so because I'm doing it for fun, I'm doing it as I have years, years of research, sitting in front of a TV and sitting in front of a ring, knowing what I like. And what I don't like. I'm not an expert, but I know what I like. And so I just do what I know that I would like as a fan. Just bring it down maybe a couple notches. And then people tell me to bring it up a notch. So whatever. So I do what I what I think a commentator, what my favorite commentators have done in the past. I mean, I mean, I could go through the list. Um, I'm, I'm from Calgary. So, you know, I, I grew up watching Stampede. I grew up watching Over the Top. Um, and yeah, I think it, where we are right now in society is people want to be engaged in the show and the ring announcer is that gateway, that gatekeeper as they have always been way back when we used to do the carnivals back in the 1800s. That is the guy, the person that brings everybody in, gets them engaged into the crowd, hands them over to the, the wrestlers for the match shows back up segues it to the next one carries that show just like in any show yeah. you need that that ringmaster that that coordinator to keep everything going but they can never steal the show that always got to be a little bit below that spotlight that way the wrestlers are always shining yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you if, if if you've gone to a show and the best part about it was the ring announcing that's uh that's not there was something wrong <laughs> yeah. with the show I'm, i'll be the first to say it like yeah <laughs> yeah uh okay um so how did you get it like uh broke into commentary like was that just part of like the gig like once you started editing those shows together where you're like hey could i have a shot at doing commentary um something like that it was basically we had done a couple shows and they were no commentary and then talking with eddie eddie was like oh man i really want commentary in this we got to find some commentators and then he looked at me and i'm like well i could commentate and hi 58 episodes later so yeah, it was basically the right place, right time, willing to do it, um, willing just to say, sure, why not? Um, I mean, I was literally showing up with the camera, pitching the idea of having a show anyway. So yeah, it was kind of inevitable in that regard. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've watched wrestling without commentary, and it's it's pretty awkward. Um, but yeah. it, <laughs> having commentary just adds so much more. In fact. Like most of the matches of like the ones that I've been in that are on film are there's no commentary because it's usually just some guy's camera on the stage pointing at the yeah. ring, right? Um, but then there's a couple like I, the combat show that I did against uh, Deeds, you guys, uh, you know, work some movie magic on the match and whatnot and added commentary and stuff. And now it's like one of my favorites just because it's like so it's like put together, you know what I mean? 
Well, it, it, it helps. I mean, especially if you're joining a match. I mean, we are independent wrestling, so there's no internet feed you can go to and catch what's happening. So if you catch a match, uh, you may not have any idea what's going on. So that commentating definitely can help you figure out what's going on. Again, you know, who do you like? Who do you not like? You know, what did you miss? What, what's happening? Why is it relevant? Um, and it builds the excitement. It's like you're there watching it with somebody. Yeah, I, I I've always like I've always wanted to do more commentary. I find that it, it's it's been something that's been like a hard like thing to get into. Like it doesn't seem like a lot of like wrestling shows are like yeah we'll put you on commentary. Like I did do uh, like one match for love, and I've been every 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 time they do a show, I'm like hey I'm here if you need a guy for commentary or whatever. But they got Big Bad Boris, who's absolutely fantastic, and I totally understand him not wanting to deal with somebody that's done like two matches <laughs> for a whole show. But like, and then they, I almost did it one other time in RCW, but like I've done it. Like, I think I've commentated like two or three matches and it was a ton of fun, but it, I, I found that it's, it's, it's hard to get an opportunity in that. And I imagine it's because it's probably really hard to do well. You know, there's a it's, lot of like YouTube videos with, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's two types of commentating. There is a Cole's note synopsis, which is basically you've asked your best friend next door to tell you what's happening while he's watching it on TV. Love it. It's great. Um, but the the ones that are going to gauge the fans, the ones that are going to make it exciting are the ones that actually are exciting. And you have to have folks that, A, know the product they got to know the wrestlers they got to know what's happening they can't just be sitting down and you know making stuff up uh, they actually have to understand and they have to be passionate about what they are commentating on um from there there's there's two distinct roles you have your roles you have your play-by-play -play, the person who's calling all the moves and then you have your color the person that's making it you know interactive to the fans <laughs> um and you can tell the difference if you just have one where you just have people that are only talking to the fans you lose the excitement of the wrestling because you don't you don't hear the the uh the plays you don't hear the moves you don't hear that sequence it was an elbow it was a forearm it was bob a lot of those are river city drivers and yeah um, you got to have that kind of thing. And then you got to have the color commentator coming on. That, that wasn't a River City driver. He missed half of it. That was the most ridiculous. You know, that's what makes the show. And then as a fan, mm -hmm. you get to engage in there because you're either going to agree with it or you're going to disagree with it. It doesn't matter. It's going to be one of the two. And that's going to get you engaged. So it's kind of like a steak and sizzle like yeah. thing, you know? So like the the play-by-play -play is is – they're the ones providing the steak and then the, the sizzles provided by the color guy who's exactly. just sort of putting extra flavor on whatever's and happening. I'm, right? I'm, a, I'm a little bit of vintage in, in my in my quantity of years. So I grew up in the prairies where a lot of, especially lower level hockey, came on the radio. And so you would have, a, you would have you know, you listen to a game and you just hear the play-by-play -play and it was the most boringest thing you ever heard. But then you had the two where you had that color in there, that color commentator in there, and it would be like just the excitement was almost as if you were right there. So my thought is to reduplicate that. If you can have people understand what's going on without seeing the screen, then you're doing it right. You should be able to go into the kitchen, make yourself a sandwich, and not actually miss what's happening if the commentating is being done right. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. I mean, and it sounds like the commentary again is is another case of conveying information and having people getting hype, people hyped to have fun. Yeah, like it's, it's like almost two sides of the same coin. The ring announcer, I feel, is like more like they have more spotlight on them during the show because like everybody that's watching the show generally can't hear the commentary unless there's <laughs> something unless really, something's really, gone wrong again. Yeah. But, I'm, I'm, yeah. Honestly, I was at a show one time where they had a roaming commentator who was doing commentary while the show was happening, and you could hear it over the loudspeakers while you were sitting there watching the show. And yeah. actually, he came down and he sat beside me during a match and was like, "Who do you think is going to win this match?" And uh, uh, this was some like independent show. There was I was maybe one of like twelve fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had no idea, like, the, the guys in the ring were, like, it was, like, 
this far above like backyard wrestling, you know, like I had no idea who they were. I was like, um, the one guy's wearing pink. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, but it, it was yeah. the, like, unless something really weird like that is going on, the people who are watching, they can't hear the commentary. Yeah. And um, the, the, the two experiences are kind of different. One, you're, one, you're there and you're engaged being there. And it's, you know, being the, the, the ring announcer is one of the weirdest things because, you know, I'll walk, when I walk in by the ring at the beginning of the show, the crowd will, will get quiet, waiting to see if I get into that ring. And if I just walk on by, they'll get loud again. But the moment I get into that ring, they're all waiting for something to happen. Um, so it's it's you know they're, they're, the focus instantly goes on. But on the commentating side, you're you're kind of like the the two guys over on the side. You know, you're at the you know the Super Bowl game or the Grey Cup game, and everybody's sitting there. And there's two guys over on the side that are you know never shut up. Commentating sometimes can be that. So if you're those two folks, you got to be able to keep everybody else entertained while you're talking over the show. Yeah, presumably I, they I mean, had it on mute. Of course. Like that—that's what I'm just. Uh, that's exactly the point I was trying to make: is that the ring announcer has like a spotlight on him during yeah. the show. The commentator, not necessarily. And I mean, even in independent uh, federations, a lot of time the commentary is added like in post-production like yeah. later on that's what we do so so not even like you'd they're not even like two guys at the show sitting at the back table like you know the two old guys on the muppets or whatever <laughs> it's it's literally like you know a couple weeks later <laughs> in homeboy's basement they're watching and recording with a couple of headsets or whatever um so i mean that's that i think is one of the major uh differences there it's just that like you you don't I don't think like do you worry about stage fright as a commentator? Um, I did at first, um, but the, with the commentating, it's a little bit easier because we do have that stop button, and so there have been times where things have gone completely off the rails, which is like okay, the word is going to start again. Um, it doesn't <laughs> happen often, but we do have that power when commentating. Uh, we can edit things together. I mean, I don't like doing it because it's more difficult since I'm the one editing it. Um, but uh, we can. So it's less likely to have stage fright. And then, you know, I'm, myself and, and Eddie, we've been doing it so long that, you know, it's, it's, it's second nature now. The, the stage fright is long gone. Okay. So um, uh, just like what what is your main concern uh, going into like a commentary gig then because like as a ring announcer like my main concern would be like they flub up or something and i i look foolish as a wrestler like okay i i i make a mistake and maybe i get injured like uh uh and as a commentator what what is your main like thing where you have my to be? main concern um is to because uh the uh, the process isn't as simple as just sitting down and watching it for us. We actually try to put in some production qualities, and sometimes we do more than one show at a time. Um, so we can be you know commentating up of upwards of four or five hours worth of wrestling uh, in one shot. Um, so the my biggest concern is maintaining the energy from match one all the way to that final match. That every that is the same consistency, the same. Uh, level of energy, uh, the same commitment to each match, um, regardless where we are as recording. That's my biggest concern. Um, and once I have, once I know my energy is at the right, that everything. Once we're doing it, everything kind of just falls into place. Um, you got to so, have all the notes and everything, of course. But with with the commentating and uh, the video editing, and you being the person that's doing uh, both jobs. Um, you, a, do you feel like that is uh, like a help to you? Like that you're not just like doing only the video or the commentary that you're like actually involved in both. Cause like that gives you a pretty good, like, I mean, a lot of what is being presented is has to be presented in your vision. Um, from the creative control side. Absolutely. So I mean, like I'm in full control of the, of the creative. So while uh, like I do the, uh, I take all the rough footage and I actually edit the show first. So all the cuts and everything are in place. So when we're commentating it, we're watching at the very least the final version of what the, the show will look like. Sometimes all the okay. graphics and yeah, everything are in I, place. I was ask you about Not that. always. Um, depends where I am in the process. Um, but sometimes there, but at the very least it's already been edited. So this is the shot we're going to see. So because I've watched it, I know what's coming up. 
So I can be excited in the right spot. I cannot be excited in this spot. I know I can blow this move off um, and be like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and because I'm, because like, you know, why are you not excited? Well, I'm not going to be excited for this move because I know in two moves what the move to be excited for is. So it gives me that advantage. Um, and then being the commentator is while I'm editing it is I will edit things to make the commentating more interesting. Because I know kind of what I want to say, so I can start planning, um, you know, at the editing stage, and okay. make notes and stuff. Okay, this is when this really cool thing is going to happen. We got to make sure we get this nailed. So, what kind of like stuff like d uh, goes into like the editing? Because like, even when I wrestled Danny Deeds and I watched the video, I was like, oh, they've they've cut out a bunch of the match at the start here. I mean, I'm not like uh, complaining about that or anything. I'm just. I'm wondering, like, what goes into making that call? Okay. Was um, it like, so, oh, they really <laughs> fucked up the first four spots there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't like um, cutting the matches, and what we—that was actually one of our very first. Um, we're also not only were we on YouTube, but we're also on uh, Shaw Spotlight. And Shaw Spotlight, we only have 59 minutes worth of showtime. Um, okay. And YouTube, we can go as long as we want. So, well, that was one of our first matches. And um, we, uh, we, we, I edited to make the exact 60 minutes or 59 minutes. Now, when we commentate, our shows sometimes are a minute five, a minute 10. Um, and so we'll commentate it out, and then I'll use other tricks to shrink it down. Sometimes we cut matches, blah, blah, blah. Always the last resort. If we have to edit a match, then um, there's a couple rules that um, under my rules of how the show is produced um, that I follow. Number one is main events don't get cut. Championships don't get cut unless they are a highlight of why we are here. Um, so sometimes, you know, a belt will get dropped in a different uh, different part of the country or something will change. Um, and so I need to explain to the audience what happened. So that'll be a little vignette kind of thing. Um, so then we go through the card and we look, okay, what are the main storylines? If it's a main storyline, we try not to cut that one. If it's not a main storyline, then we finally get down to, you know, okay, so okay, here's the match. It's, it's in the show. We want it to be in the show. What can we get uh, rid of? Now, this is not where I'm going to tell you exactly what we cut, but if you're a wrestler, you know that there's certain components to a match. And mm -hmm. so we remove a kind of certain components at the beginning part of the match that don't really have an essence to the story. That way, what's left of the match will still tell the story from beginning to end in the traditional yeah. form of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Generally, generally they, they call it the shine, right? Yeah. But... The, the 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 one of the things that a lot of people don't realize and at least this is something i i've heard from watching like raven shoot interviews and and just something i know from experience is the shine is just kind of like superfluous you can skip it all together and go right to the heat and tell yeah. tell just as good a story and and then sometimes you know, the like, heat's a little bit long so yeah. well, we can catch and sometimes you can like I, I I'll honestly uh I'll do it on purpose sometimes yeah. and just be like oh yeah you just jump me off the bus start start beating my ass right away just because like I want my character to be an underdog right so if yeah. I come in and do like you know and, uh, one thing I'll say to every wrestler that's out there if you're it doesn't matter what show you're at and if you know there's cameras maybe ask to see what's happening with the footage because the easiest thing for me to cut is the five minutes where you're outside. And I don't have a camera there. Well, that's gone. And that has happened a number of times where people go, why did you get that great suplex over? Because there, did you see a camera? No. Then how did I would ever get a shot? I mean, I got a nice shot of the crowd doing this. But uh, so, yeah, so that sometimes that makes it easier. Um, we will cut the outside stuff uh, before we cut the inside stuff because generally we don't have good shots of it. So it's easier yeah. to if we need to, we don't cut the matches if we don't have to, but it's one of the things I look for um, because, well, if I can't show anything, then it's. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, like I assumed that you didn't just cut off me and daddy's cause we sucked. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I assumed it was like probably a timing thing and, and whatnot. Yeah. And but now I said we like the YouTube one, we let it run longer than I cut it for the Shaw. Um, and we cut out some of the vignettes. We cut out a lot of the intros, a lot of the extras, yeah. Um, a lot of the extra promo stuff that's in there. I mean, the, the promo stuff is great on YouTube, but for Shaw, it happens a few weeks later. So, 
so after you uh, so once you start renouncing uh, after already being involved in commentary, uh, was there anyone like, uh, was, did you talk to Thomas Chow or, uh, was there any specific people that are like pot, like influences in your ring announcing or like anyone that gave you advice about ring announcing and, and what was some of the best advice you, you got? Um, yeah, I talked to a variety of different people. Um, that uh, gave me advice. Thomas Chow was one of them. I talked to to Eddie uh, Eddie Osborne. Um, I talked to a couple of the wrestlers um, along the way. Um, I talked to actually some folks that had nothing to do with wrestling, but do um, uh, emceeing for other events. Um, you know, you know, like in terms of how to you know work a crowd, how to talk to a crowd. Uh, a lot of my stuff actually happens before the show. Um, I, I get out there and I'm the, the, the hype guy. So I hype up the, the sponsors. I hype up the merch. I hype up the wrestlers. Sometimes there's an in-ring promo um, or something happened beforehand. Um, so I, I try to, to, to get all that, all that going. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so you just, um, the, the, but like, do you watch it? Like, so, is there any particular independent federations, or or like, is there yeah, any I mean, WWE ring announcers that you've watched where you're like, oh, this guy is how well, I like Unfortunately, to be. a lot of times they on the, the feds they cut out the ring announcers, so you don't really get to see it. I mean, it's kind of you just get to hear it's, the. It's very anonymous nowadays. Yeah. Like, uh, in terms of the independents, um, yeah, it was around here. Like, I, I kind of had two experiences. You know, I get what had folks like Thomas Chell that were engaging the audience and everything, and then other folks that were like, oh because the match is starting. I know that because <laughs> yeah. I can hear music. Um, so I guess well, one of the people that gave me the, the best advice actually was uh, the moment taker, Jordy Taylor. Um, I had been doing doing the commentating for a couple of times or the, the ring announcing for a couple of times. Um, he came up to me and said, you know, you're, you're doing a great job. Uh, if you don't mind, though, I'd like to send you an email, uh, give you some pointers, some you know thoughts. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he, and he did. He sent me a really nice email. Um, or, or a messenger message saying, you know, here's some stuff you're doing great, you know, concentrate on doing this, and here's some stuff, just don't worry about it. Don't do it. And um, one of the best things that he told me was that if you do make a mistake, just go with it. The audience doesn't know what's planned or what's not planned. They only know if you stop. So mm-hmm. if you don't stop, they don't know. Just roll with it, go with it, and that's that's worked uh, a few times. Where you know, you know, you're you're sitting there, and I'm announcing the thing, and I look up, I'm going, "That's not the right music," or <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there, and you know, the the, the okay, blah, blah. um, uh, so uh, ref Tim, did you know we're changing the order of the matches? And he's like, "I was just about to ask you the same question." All right, because this match is on the card, but now here we'll move this one down here so it's being able to go with it on the fly and yeah so one of the best pieces of advice i ever got um was just being like just just go with it that's that's great one of the one of the things i always tell like uh newer ring announcers who are coming on because like i will go because i like i like good ring announcing on the shows so I my menu I won't I won't go and full on give them like a full lesson or anything but I'll I'll go and talk to the whoever's announcing and especially if it's like the first time or whatever and I'll yeah. just uh, I'll tell them a couple of things and yeah like one of the major things that I'm always out there uh, telling them uh is that uh I'm uh, oh god I completely just lost my train of thought That's okay I've been there <laughs> um, you were talking about Jordy Taylor and a, and a good piece of advice about it was a big to go with it. Just go with the flow. Uh, yeah, it was to go with it. Uh, something about oh yeah, right. It was about wrestlers coming out. Uh, it's my my pig. It's a timing thing, and it's it's always to make sure that. Uh, you don't say anything until the person has actually physically walked out the curtain and is about to get in the ring, because if music hits. And then you say the wrong guy's name. You're the one that looks like a dickhead. Yeah. But if they walk out, you can physically say, "Oh, I, okay, that's that's you know Cameron or 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 one of the nice things know, that we got now is we do that's Jordy Taylor so, style. So we yeah. we they get into the ring and then I announce them. So it's just that preliminary. Yeah. Okay, this next contest is scheduled for you know forty minute time limit. One fall, mm-hmm. one fall, and then you know the music hits. But that's where it's like, okay. Yeah. 
Because I, 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 that's something I always tell every ring announcer is make sure that you wait until they've come out the curtain before you say anything. Otherwise, th- yeah. you could say the wrong name and then that person looks real dumb. And like, because like I, I've even had situations where uh, even my first match ever, my ma- my music was supposed to come on and they played my opponent's music. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's uh, not my music. And then they announced me but they were playing my opponent's music. But I was like, Hey man, I like, I wrestling is the Canadian goose. I got some real goofy music. You probably just want to walk out to your own stuff right now and, and just make them like yeah. <laughs> fix that. Cause if I walk well, out I to your stuff that. and you have to walk out to my stuff and you're walking out to the goofy, uh, you know, stop yeah. Tom Con- Connor song. It's, it's going to kill the vibe <laughs> of, of what we're going to be doing. Here. Yeah, that, that actually happened to me once where the uh, wrong music got played. <laughs> And I and I we, before we had done the uh, the wrestling or we've moved to the boxing style, a uh, champion style, you know, introducing in this corner, introducing that corner, um, and so I had to announce it. The music played, and it's, it's the the wrong music to what I'm. So I, I've announced one wrestler, a different music plays, and a different wrestler walks through the curtains. <laughs> So it's three for one. It's not like it's not even the wrestler yeah. that's in the match or whatever. I mean, like the music has nothing to do with the, the wrestler that's in the match, but it was supposed to be the second wrestler, not the first wrestler, and not even close to being the right music. And so I'm sitting there and I just turn to an imaginary part of the stadium and I start yelling at the backstage crew to get this stuff right as Ramon Carl, because Ramon's a little bit of a dick. Um, and so I'm just yelling at this. And of course, the poor sound guy actually thinks I'm mad at him. Um, but he's just going off the list that he got. So I yell at them. Then, above, so then, I, then I apologize to the wrestler in the ring. And, you know, everything is all great. And off we go. And we continue on in the show. And then I go back and I'm like going to the poor sound guy. going, it's okay. It wasn't you. It really wasn't you. I was yelling at the piece of paper. But yeah. So it's like going with the flow that everything went wrong. Wrong song. Wrong announcement. And a wrestler is walking down. And the fans are like, what's going on? So, yeah, <laughs> it's it's bizarre to me because like I honestly like I hate it when I I have given them my music or whatever and they play the wrong music, and it happens because like I I've there's been times where I, I've changed my music to like a new song, and then they played it and it was it was great, but then two weeks later they play the old one just by accident or whatever. Well, and it's like we we have a rule in Come our on now. it's one of this one of the many uh, maxwell benson rules and this goes back to uh, uh, uh it had nothing to do with him at the time but he was at a at a fair event um the vix uh two three years ago now and um so for some reason he's in his match and he's ready to go and it's one of his first matches and he's all pumped up and for some reason the song celebration plays now he's supposed to be coming out second, but but he's the face and the heel that he's going against. But well, there's no way I'm going out to that music, and literally pushes him through the curtain. So Maxwell comes out to celebration, and he doesn't know what to do. So he owns it. He goes around the crowd, loves it. It's great. But ever since then, it's on our playlist. So I use it as the threat that for our sound guy to use that if you ever have a wrestler that's telling you that they're going to give you their song and they won't, and they're don't worry, we got the backup song. It's celebration. And we've used that threat where he's gone up to them and said, listen, if you don't put, oh, that's okay if you don't want to give me the song, we'll just use the backup song. And we'll get about four steps away, and then you hear, what's the backup song? Celebration. And off he goes, and we have those songs instantly. So, yeah. That's good. I, I know in, uh, in in Canadian Wrestling Elite, they use uh, the theme song to Goosebumps, the TV show. has nothing at all to do with me, the Canadian Goose. I just was on a show one time, and the guy that was in charge of running the music was like, oh, yeah, no, he didn't send me his music, neither did he. They're, they're getting Goosebumps tonight. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we have we play the Goosebumps theme for anyone that doesn't bring in their music. It's like, and sure enough, they do play it. And it like it goes over because it's a it's a, a like oddly appropriate song for almost any wrestler. But like, yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was funny. I, I I've actually uh, I've been on my way to the ring and walking to the ring, and suddenly my music, like, faded out, and then they faded back in, and it was, like, Boy George. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and at that point, it's like, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah. 
oh, okay. Like literally you see me stop in the video and it was a rib. I had no idea it was happening. Right. And, and I just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and like, like you say, like you just own it and dance to it or whatever. And yeah, you got yeah. the flow. I mean, you, you, you stay in character. I mean, I remember once, um, uh, uh, Jordy Taylor, something happened to Jordy Taylor's music and it got cut off or something like that. And again, he just went off on me because I'm the one standing in the ring. So it was my fault that he went off one side of me and down the other side of me, but it was great. It was almost full of maybe we should cut his music off you know, earlier next time because the heat we got for this was wonderful. So, but yeah, but it was again one of those things where you go with the flow. He had not, I mean, he's in mid, mid stride, mid strut, and bam, the music is gone. And it's just cr not crickets because the crowd's booing. But I mean, there's that definite drop in audio level. What do you do? It's 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 very appropriate that he's called the moment taker because <laughs> that's uh like straight up like I I love that kind of thing too where you're out there and there's like just a portion of the match where it's agreed to that you're just gonna do like improv. Yeah. And and when that stuff works, it works so gloriously. Like yeah. I, 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 you have no idea. Some of my favorite things that have happened in matches have been unplanned things or things where you're just joking around, you know, you just, at that point, you're like goofing around and you have like some sort of like fan interaction. Like at, uh, at 365, there was one moment where I grabbed deeds by the back of the head and I told uh, my cousin in the front row, Hey, put up your boot. And he did. I slammed Deeds <laughs> head into his boot, right? This is a classic wrestling thing. Like, people do yeah. this on shows. My cousin gets up and gives him the DX crotch chop. And I almost died. Like, because I, like, we didn't plan it or nothing. It wasn't like, oh, I just <laughs> said to him, like, you have to slam his head off your foot. And, like, no. I just yeah, did some it. Some of those and moments then... are the best random moments. And they, they didn't happen. <laughs> they're, they're not scripted. Um, yeah. 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 So you've you've been doing video production, you've done commentary, you've done ring announcing. Uh have you had the uh like have you had the urge to uh don the, the tights and, and lace up I, the boots yourself? Personally and, and I wrestle? would love to. I would love to be in the ring wrestling. Um unfortunately I can't. Um, uh, a few years ago, I had an elevator gate bounce off the top of my head, giving me a traumatic brain injury. And ever since oh. then, I live with constant migraines. And I've been told that if I ever get another head to the hit, uh, hit to the head, I could die. So yeah, uh, yeah. and even doing somersaults and stuff like that, I can feel it in my in my head in terms of like balance and stuff like that. So this is the closest I can get. I have dabbled a little bit of managing. I love that. That was fun. Um, so you might see Ramon Carlton doing a little bit more managing in the in the near future. But um, as for being in the ring, no, uh, taking anything but a very well orchestrated bump could literally um, uh, make my career very short. Okay, well, yeah. I mean that's, that's like that's that's horrible, but it's also like it's it's good to know, you know. Um, but it's uh, it's good to know because you know, like in the wrestling, like my wife was able to to become. Oh, my cat just joined us. Hi there, Larry. Um, Larry, the one-eyed wonder cat. Um, the it, it's it's good because there there's a spot in there for everybody to to participate to be part of of the show. Um, I'm accepted as an actual integral part of the of the crew of the talent. Um, there's no distinguishing me, but at least in 365 from anybody yeah. else in, in my home promotion. Um, and the other times I've gone to other promotions, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, people ask me, I, I tell them why. And it's like, oh. All right. Well, let's just have fun anyways. And it is what it is for me, but I still get to be there. I still get to be part of it. I still get to uh, to to live the dream, so to speak. Um, so is it everything? Nope. But it's, it's enough for me and I get to be part of it. So I like it. Um, it and I've always been welcome with open arms. And I do have an actual um a registered disability i have brain damage um so sometimes people know that my speech gets a little bit interesting especially if i'm tired and everything but that's just what i live with um doing it and this has been in a community that's welcomed me with open arms regardless of any limitations that i may or may not have yeah 100 i think that wrestling is fantastic like that they've, they've been nothing but welcoming to me me as well and yeah why not but like 
Yeah. No, I, well, if if that's the case, then it's definitely safer for you to not. I don't know how many times I could, like, I've I've been like, oh, just take a regular back bump, and I accidentally just whack the back of my head into the mat. Like yeah. Somebody give me a rock bottom one time, and I, I just was like, oh, oh, I didn't do that right. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you have to kind of lay there for a second and go, am I concussed right now? Uh, I could, where, where, where am I? What am I doing? Okay, cool. Like you, you, you yeah, yeah. And I mean, my neurologist would be very, very upset if I walked in there and said, I mean, he, he was, his eyeballs almost went through his, through the ceiling when I told him what I was doing, you know, commentating and ring yeah. announcing and stuff. Um, but to actually get in there and do the physical side of it, no, that's just not, not in the cards for me, but again, that's okay. Yeah. I like I got I got a couple of like legitimate concussions from wrestling yeah. and they're not even with a healthy brain like it's it sucks it hurts <laughs> um uh but yeah uh, you mentioned that you went to uh, some other promotions um are you uh, mainly just working for 365 or yeah mainly for uh, 365 i mean being on the island that's you know a, a limitation right there travel and everything uh but i have had the opportunity to work with big rest uh up in uh, oh solid yeah, yeah and we're uh, yeah. going to be uh working with them my wife are going to be working with them uh, coming up in april I can't remember the date. It is a Saturday, and I probably should know that. But yeah, we're going to be on. We're working with Big West in April, and uh, we've done stuff with VIPW before. Um, and then, of course, three sixty-five. Nice, nice. I like VIPW as well. I wrestled uh, yeah. uh, BJ Laredo. He came in for us, and uh, I was I was really stoked about it because I used to go to VIPW shows when I lived in Victoria and like watch BJ Laredo. And so then the fact that he came over to, to Edmonton and I got to wrestle him was, was nice. pretty cool. I like, I specifically asked the promoter for that one. There's <laughs> not, not, not a lot of times I would go out of my way to politic for matches or anything. And my version of politicking was like, Hey, this guy's from Victoria where I used to live. Can I wrestle him? And he was like, yeah, that's what yeah, I had booked. Probably like a lot of promoters. <laughs> like, eh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so like I, I I love all those like those places uh, and of course like Big West Marty Sugar like I I have nothing but absolute love for him and I I can't wait to get better like I'm I'm dealing with a knee injury right now but I I can't wait till it gets better so I can go back to Big West because like they, I was the, I was like the champion there um, I beat Rick Jules for their for their main belt and and was their their main champ for like one night. I Gloria. lost it. I lost it to him the <laughs> next night, but it's, you know, then I then I ended up getting injured, and I haven't been able to go back since. But like once I do go back, I'm hoping I can win the belt back and and yeah. keep it for you know more than one night. But uh, it, it was definitely one of the cooler experiences of my my career, and I, I appreciate Marty uh, to yeah, no end was- for it. It was it was good. That's just the first place I got to uh, to manage, um, and it was what if I kind of just showed up and he, you know he knew I was coming and everything. Or my wife was on the card, and um, I showed up with my my gimmick, and I had mentioned to him that you know, I'd love to be able to be at ringside, and yeah, you know, got to go ringside two matches, do the the managing, and that's uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was a great place to work, and it was a really great crowd we had there that uh, that night. Um, it was Powell uh, River. Yeah, Powell River. Yeah, I think I remember seeing like a picture from that, and it was like massively sold out. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, I don't think they could have. Well, maybe they could have couple stuck a couple more people in the corner, but uh, there was definitely no more chairs in the building. They kept stealing the chairs from the back. So, have you? Have you? Uh, do you have any aspirations to uh, expand out to any other uh, promotions or like, um, move, maybe move time, into uh, other provinces or anything like? Do you want to give the managing like a serious go ahead? Because like it, I think ring announcing and commentating is like this weird thing where each each promotion kind of has yeah. their own in, in-house guy, right? The ring announcers might move around a little bit, I, I guess, but like yeah, it's it's like it's hard because like I, I you know I can be the greatest ring announcer in the world, but like it's going to be pretty hard for me to convince, you know, Eddie or, or anyone from VIPW or, or anything or or big West. (laughs) It's going to be hard to convince them to pay me to come and ring announce at their show just because like, I'm a good ring announcer. 
when they can use somebody else who will be a serviceable enough announcer for far cheaper than it costs exactly. them to pay me to drive here or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, no, with, with that in the thought, you know, I definitely um, – I'm not opposed to it. Um, uh, it. Up until you know a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, wasn't even something that was in the cards. But now that I'm thinking of it and you know looking to the future and seeing what's happening, yeah, you know, it'll definitely be something. If the if, let me put it this way: if the opportunity presents itself, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. So I'm and, not sure if I'm actively looking, but if the opportunity presents itself, I'm never going to say no um, for any opportunity to be near that ring. Did uh, you did mention that your wife is a wrestler? Yes, um, Becky Beach. Uh, she's a wrestler with 365. She's a uh, student at the Pro Wrestling Academy, um, and uh, yeah, she wrestles under the uh, the name Becky Beach. Oh, so how, how many matches has she had? Ooh, about twenty or so, I guess. Oh, okay, so she's still pretty new to it, but yeah. Like, Maybe once she gets uh, bookings, you'll be able to travel with her, and you yeah. can. Yeah, well, that's like, actually how we wound up at Big West. It was she got booked on uh, on Big West, and then I kind of tagged along, and so it was uh, great. Then she also got invited back, and I got invited back as the manager for her, and um, she's in a tag team with uh, Eddie Osborne. Nice, nice, solid. I, I, the the pro, I went out there and and got to wrestle uh, a little bit at the Pro Wrestling Academy, for, yeah. uh, like a couple of sessions when I was when I went to wrestle in Victoria. I just was out there for a week to vacation and visit family and stuff. And I loved it. I thought it was, it was a great time. Like uh, the guys that were there seemed to know what was up. Everybody was like really cool and appreciative. I know that you guys, uh, your venue just got uh, shut down though. No? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but the, did, uh, the school's was so good. So I was going to just ask. The Campbell River now. So it's going to oh, be uh, okay. active there for the next little bit. Um, we were able to get a space up in Campbell River, so uh, the Victoria crew will be making the uh, trek up there uh, hopefully once a week. Um, uh, so yeah, so it continues on, um, but uh, as everything in wrestling, you take what you can get when you can get it. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that you can't have another venue, uh, like training grounds in Victoria, yeah. just because, like, I mean, it's not as bad uh, anymore. Like, I was born in Campbell River. And uh, I lived in Victoria for a lot, a lot of my life, so I'm very familiar with the drive back and forth. But I know that uh, a number of years ago, like the drive used to be like a four or five hour drive, and now it's like a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, because they they put in a new highway that just goes around goes around everything personally i'm from the prairie so i don't understand this whole i mean we measure distances in time. How far is it to Samsung? I don't know, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's I mean, with you want to, you know, I grew up in rural Manitoba on, on an army base 25 kilometers from my high school. Um, and it was a high school, one of three high schools that service a large area. I mean, like my friends, okay, well, let's go out Friday night. Okay, we got to go down to that town to pick up, you know, Greg, and that's 30 minutes that way. And then we got to go in an hour that way to pick up, you know, uh, you know, the twins. And that's, you know, that so by the time you got everybody all gathered, it was already the two and a half hours. So for me, it's a it, Friday drive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, I like it could be far worse because, like I said, oh, like. Uh, like a ride from Edmonton down to Calgary is probably a longer drive than it is to from from yeah. Campbell River to Victoria now. Like maybe not back in the day, but now it's probably quicker. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, yeah. once you're past the Malahat and once you're past that interesting thing that we call the Duncan intersections, it's it's smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how many people from uh, Vancouver Island are going to be familiar with this. They're getting all these lessons about local landmarks like the Malahat, <laughs> which is just like a small mountain range as you go up island. <laughs> but everybody has to go through it, and if there's going to be any like traffic problems at all, it's probably going to happen on the Malahat. If you're from <laughs> the island, you know the Malahat. Yes. Um, uh, 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 Ramon, I wanted to. I was going to use your your shoot name there for a second, but I I just we're going to wrap it up now. So uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to plug any uh, upcoming appearances you have uh, scheduled, and then uh, give us your social media info so that if anybody wants to get a hold of you or whatnot, uh, yeah, they can. Um, we we got a lot of couple a lot of shows checking uh, coming up for three sixty five. The best place to check out our full schedule is three sixty five prowrestling dot com. Um, 
we have a, a show that's going to be between our taping and when you, it, it airs, um, which is in Souk. But we have upcoming shows in Victoria. We have upcoming shows in Campbell River. We have upcoming shows in Duncan. Um, our next Victoria show is uh, the 24th of March, um, uh, 21st of April in Victoria. Why you go Polish Hall? That is a killer card. Wow. We got like so many awesome uh, wrestlers. It's like the PWI who's who list coming to 365 that night you're not going to want to miss it um the next night after that um we're up in duncan um uh, then again in uh, april we're heading up to campbell river so yeah lots of dates coming up uh, personally i'm going to be uh big west um, i believe it's april 11th or 14th one of the two whatever that saturday is in there um so yeah um i don't have any actual social media under remote carlton uh you find me under uh, damon nomad roth um, there's a underscore in there, but just Damon Roth, you'll find me, D-A-M-O-N-R-O-T-H, um, or 365 uh, Combat. Um, I'm just a producer of the show, so I get to see all the messages. <laughs> solid, solid. And, uh, yeah, definitely, like, if you're in any of those towns on Vancouver Island, Duncan, uh, Victoria, Campbell River, anywhere that 365 is is doing a show, I highly recommend you go check it out. Uh, the one I was on in Victoria, it was sold out, and it was an absolute blast. I had I had so much fun, and I, I really, really do hope that I get to come back because, yeah, it was a top-notch experience. We'll put in a word for you. Absolutely, I appreciate that. That's see, that's why one of the that's one of the reasons I do this. We can't get you on networking. It's a networking scheme. Uh, That's how I I get the, you know, how I got the booking in the first place is I did a podcast with Eddie a long time ago. So I felt totally comfortable to message him and be like, hey, I got a bunch of family out there. Can I come and wrestle? Absolutely. Yes. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Uh, Really appreciate it. And uh, we will uh, talk to you again, uh, hopefully next time uh, I'm in Victoria. Sounds good. Absolutely. Don't do not hesitate to reach out when you're 100 percent up and ready to go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it it's progress is being made on that front. So awesome. Good good news. Alrighty. Thank you. Mm-hmm.